Welcome to the Nimrod Outdoors podcast, where we challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. Let's dive right in. Well, what's going on, folks? This is M.A. Dozier with Nimrod Outdoors. We're glad that you're with us today. Um, uh, Chelsea, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, I'm doing great. All right, good. Well, hey, we we have a little celebrating to do because um, for the past six weeks, we've been telling our listeners about the woes of your ankle. Mm. And uh, <laughs> this week, I actually saw you hiking through the woods with a baby on your back. Um, you're not 100%. But you're about 95, would oh, you I'm, say? I'm close enough. I'm I'm very happy with where we're at now. I can at least chase the 14-month-old along around the yard or the the house or you know when she's climbing up Mount Kitchen. <laughs> Mount Kitchen. Yeah. I can get her off the cabinets. Well, that's awesome. So we're gonna celebrate with you, uh, yeah. listeners. If you're yeah, yeah. if you've been keeping up with Chelsea's reco- road of recovery for her ankle, <laughs> um, celebrate with her and guys. Thank you for praying for me because, uh, <laughs> look, when mama's down, ain't nothing good. And so I am I am so excited that mama's back in the saddle again um, because I, uh, I'm i just a simple old dude, man. I don't, I don't have the skill set to manage three kids, uh, you know, when it comes to feeding them on time, feeding them the correct stuff, uh, <laughs> making sure they get showered correctly, making sure they get in bed. Uh, so that, I think you did great. Well, give yourself I, some credit. We we survived. <laughs> we survived. It was just an ankle. It's not like I was uh, I know, quarantined but, for two weeks. We all, but there was things that I had to do that uh, were way outside my comfort zone, and uh, I know I did not do them a hundred percent correct. And so uh, I'm glad you're back. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there was just a two day period. I was like really immobile. I, yeah. You're, I I feel (laughs) feel like we're a little dramatic right now. (laughs) I feel like a part of me was missing while you were down. Oh, okay. And so you're not completely back, but you're back enough that I feel like I can take a breath now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I need you. This should be a compliment to you. Oh, thank you. So, um, but uh, guys, today we're going to talk about Proverbs 22.6 and what does that mean? And Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And uh, we're going to break that down and get get hopefully pretty deep into this yeah. before oh. we do though i have a quote for you oh you have a quote does yeah. it pertain to this it, it yeah i think so okay well go ahead okay give us the quote dr tony evans oh well he's solid so yeah, yeah i think so uh for too many parents are more interested in their kids making the team than making the kingdom mm. read it again say it louder for those in the back okay for too many parents are more interested in their kids making the team than making the kingdom. All right. So how do you how do you take that in? Well, I, you know, for me, unfortunately, well, maybe not unfortunately. That's probably a bad word. I always take things a little too deep and deeper than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, just just how my brain works. Figured but, you would. <laughs> I don't know how everybody took that quote listening, but for me, I listened to that and man, a big heart of mine is, is parents, you know, raising their kids to know the Lord and love the Lord. Um, but to also pursue the Lord and do what he has commanded us to do. Sure. Um, and so on that, the first thing I look at, Dr. Tony Evans might've been talking about youth sports. I don't know, but for me, 
I look at that as like we as a society in the church and the Western mindset have gotten into this this bubble of which we push our kids to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, acknowledge mm-hmm. Jesus as their Savior, but we don't go beyond that and push them to follow him as Lord or mm-hmm. follow him as Savior. Yeah. And so it's almost like, hey, hey, I'll just just get to the point of salvation. Mm-hmm. And they get to the point of salvation, so that's making the team. Yeah, and so it's like they're satisfied with them wearing the jersey, but, sure. but riding the bench. Sure. like Not like actually active We've made the on team. the playing field. Yeah, salvation is we've made the team. But are we training them up to be God-fearing men and women and, and to go deeper than that? And what that means is what God called, called us to do is go therefore and make disciples. Yeah. So are we not only training our kids to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, but are we also training them up and equipping them through the word of God to go in and make a difference for the kingdom of Christ by making more disciples? Yeah. And so when I hear that quote, that's the first thing my mind goes to. Is, I think my mind went immediately to just the basics, what it's saying. No. But <laughs> I, I love how deep you went. <laughs> the, way, the way I'm perceiving it is um, in our culture today, like too many people are truly focused on sports and extracurricular activities and we have nothing against that because I grew up doing soccer and was very passionate about it and you baseball and you were very passionate about it and um and we've talked often about like we hope that our kids play and and you know originally she played soccer this past fall and I coached her team and I was a little sad she wasn't going to play this spring because I really enjoy coaching I love the sport and um, finally, somebody else talked her into it, so I get to coach again. Um, and I think I'm more excited about soccer than she is. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's it's good to have those passions. But how often is, you know, the dad going outside and, and helping perfect the hitting skill or the throwing skill or just tossing the ball with the son, which is great time together. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but how often... Are they doing that? And then how often is the dad perfecting the skills and and honing in the skills of scripture and what it means to follow Christ and um, leading him in that direction? And it seems like, you know, and not every household, but it seems like for the most part, they want to put the responsibility of the church um, of like putting the responsibility of uh, leading their kids spiritually on the church and um, and then they want to, but, but they're okay taking on the role of coach and coaching their kid and telling them, you know, you need to do this or do that or do this to get better at sports or let's go and pay a lot of extra money for you to, um, you know, get better at this or, or get more agility or whatever. But as soon as it comes to the Bible, they want their hands off and they're like, oh, this is out of my league. I, sure. I can't do this. Well, and I think that's the greatest deception of the devil inside, um, you know, I'm going to say the Western church, because that's all I really know. But um, inside the American church, I mean, we, we have an epidemic of not only kids, but adults that are scripturally illiterate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know how many conversations we've had where we talk to people and they're like, this is what I believe. And we say, well, why do you believe that? And they can't give us an answer. They can't yeah. back it with scripture. Sure. It's just because something they've heard from a pulpit or they've heard from, you know, a Christian podcast or whatever. And, you know, yes, we should respect those in authority of the church. And, you know, if, if they, you know, are, are preaching God's word, that's great. 
But at the end of the day, we need to get into this Bible and then this word for ourselves and everything that is ever uttered out of a, out of a mouth here on earth is uttered by a flawed human being. And so we have to back that up with the perfect unflawed truth of God's word. Sure. Um, And too many times I see opinions being infiltrated into God's scripture where God's scripture is not opinion. It is truth. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure that we know truth well enough that uh, it, you know, we use it as the standard in which everything else we listen to or are told is is put against. Yeah, um, and, and including our pastors. I mean, we should definitely be listening to them, and you know, like, but we there is a human being. They're a human being, and so, um, especially in the South, I feel like we've we've seen this a lot where people are like, "Oh, well, this is what my pastor has taught me, and this is what I've learned," and but the moment that you're like you know, testing them, you're like, oh, so what, what, where, where's that in the Bible? You know, like, what's the one thing we've heard a lot down here is God will never give you too much than you can handle or whatever. Sure. And it's like, okay, where, where's that in the Bible? You're like, oh, you know, it's, it's in there somewhere. Like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not in there. Like, it's just a saying that, um, someone decided to say, and it sounded good. And now it just goes yeah. around and flies around like it is scripture. And, and, and then another thing that we see a lot of people do is they'll use, when well, we've been talking about this a lot lately, but they'll throw one scripture out there. And it's almost like technology has handicapped us in a way because you can Google something and you get the one scripture, but then you're not looking at the scriptures before and after it. So you have no idea what the context is. And so yeah. then that scripture is being used out of context a lot. Oh, oh a lot. Um, and, you know, that's something that... Um, again, that, that goes back into this verse of training up our children. And what does that look like? And, mm-hmm. you know, Chelsea, you, you mentioned it just a few minutes ago about how a dad will get in the yard with a kid and throw the ball with them or teach them tackling drills or teach them shooting angles or, you know, they're willing to do that, but they're not willing to dive into God's word. And, you know, there's a statistic out there that um, I talk about a lot. I use it in sermons when I when I talk about what the purpose of Nimrod Outdoors is, is mm-hmm. but it's... Um, the average American household spends 77.4 hours a week providing for their families in the physical realms. Yeah. How long and how many hours are we providing for our families in the spiritual realms? Yeah. Um, and the spiritual realm is eternal. Yeah. The physical realm is just, Temporary. I mean, scripture even says it's a vapor. It's yeah. a mist. It, it comes and it goes quickly. Um, and so I'm not saying don't go to work. We, we, we need to go to work and provide for our families, but it's that perspective shift of like, how much time am I building my kids in what eternally matters mm-hmm. versus what is just a vapor and a mist, as Scripture says? Yeah. Um, and and we're missing that. I mean, you know, and part of that is, you know, Deuteronomy chapter six, starting in verse four, running through about verse nine, you know, lays out the expectations of us as men, husbands, and fathers, and what what our job is. Um, and this isn't, you know. This isn't a suggestion from God. It is his command. And the first command that comes out of his mouth is love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And, and, and so as, as husbands and as fathers, the first way we train up our kids is by us ourselves, loving the Lord, our God Mm -hmm. with all we have, with every fiber of who we are. Charles Spurgeon has a quote that goes very much off of Proverbs 22. And so Proverbs 22 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. 
And Charles Spurgeon says, train up a child in the way he should go, but make sure that you go that way yourself. Mm -hmm. And so again, like that comes down to, to the church versus like what you're doing. And it shouldn't even be a versus. It should be together. Like this is what the church is doing, pouring into our kids, loving on our kids and mentorships, hopefully forming and friendship, like Christian friendships, hopefully, hopefully forming and building that community. But it doesn't end as soon as you walk out of the church building, like us as parents are, should be in the home directing them as well. And, um, and so like with, with Ridgely and Matthias, like part of our homeschool, which we're blessed to get to homeschool. Not everyone gets to do that. Um, but with our homeschooling, like part of that is Bible. And so we're reading through the Bible, but back in what last Easter, Ridgely got her own Bible and like, she is learning how to flip through it. And right now we're going through Jesus and his story and all the uh, miracles and stuff he's currently doing. And we're, you know, in the heart of the gospel. Um, and we're not reading one specific gospel. We're kind of bouncing around and getting different, you know, the different viewpoints from the different, um, gospels. And so, but she's learning like how to find those. And even though she's not to the point where she can read it, like she can navigate her Bible pretty well. So she knows the new Testament versus the old Testament. And she knows where the four gospel books are. And, um, and so she's working, like she's learning and it's so cool getting to see that because at that age, I wouldn't have known what to do with the Bible. Sure. And even I was saved at a, you know, at an older age. And so even then, like by the time I got a Bible, it was intimidating. I want people to not be afraid of it. Yeah. And, and it's okay to sit alongside your kids and learn with them. Oh, absolutely. That's the best way to learn. Yeah. Because we've learned, (laughs) I mean, we've learned just in seven years of parenting and it's really just been in the past, maybe three years of parenting Mm -hmm. that kids ask crazy questions and, and not, not even just crazy questions as in they don't matter, but like crazy questions as in that's deep. Yeah. They probably don't even realize how deep it is, is. but they ask crazy questions and there's been several times that we've been stumped Mm -hmm. and what we've had to do in that situation is look at our kids and be like, I don't know that answer, but I'm going to dive into God's word and figure it out. And then it is our job to go do that in a timely manner and come back to them and say, Hey, you know, you asked this question a couple of weeks ago. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and so, well, and you and I, we enjoy having theological conversations all the time. And so like, you'll come across something in scripture or I'll come across something in scripture and you'll bring it up or I'll bring it up. And then it sends us into the dive, you know, diving into the Bible, trying to, to figure out, Ooh, okay. What does that mean? And, And you and I enjoy that. And, so recently we've started doing that with our kids as well. And we had a really big theological debate with our two older children about whether Jesus parted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one lasted days. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times people, uh, people will take that and be like, oh my gosh, why would you even associate that with the word of God? Well, here's the truth of the matter is our kids are seven and four, almost five. Like that captivates their mind. Yeah, so oh, potty talk is, if we can is use, often in our if kids. If we can use that to then dive into Scripture and talk about how Jesus, yes, Jesus was God, but he was also completely human. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, he had to eat to sustain himself. So, therefore, the digestive system had to do what the digestive system had to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, it seems trivial. I think our daughter was appalled. <laughs> but I think it seems trivial, but 
But guess what? We're having conversations about Scripture and about the character of God and who Jesus was and what he, what he did, how he stepped from his throne in heaven and came down as a baby to an imperfect, sin-filled world. And so those conversations mean something. Yeah. Um, and, and we're directing it back because it really doesn't matter if Jesus fought it or not, but what it does is <laughs> it directs it back to scripture Yes. and, and that's, what's important to us and, and showing them that that's where you go, like to solidify, you, you can't just be like, Oh no, Jesus was perfect. He didn't fart. I mean, that was Ridgely's argument and it's like, where, where's that in the Bible? And of course it doesn't, farting is not in the Bible, yeah. but but being able to go in and start finding the evidence of, well, Jesus was fully human. Jesus was tempted. Jesus, like, had to go through what we went through. Yeah. And and bringing that realization to her and showing that it comes from God's living word. And, um, yeah, so just teaching them how to ha- and how to have those conversations and and then what to turn to. Like, it's not always Google. Google can be really easy in our time, but that's not always going to lead us in the direction that we need to go like we should always be turning to God's word absolutely and you know I think that's a major thing and we can dive in a little deeper here and talking about training up a child in the way she go I you know my question is why if if the church and when I say the church I don't mean the organizational church I mean we the body of Christ Mm -hmm. as parents if we have been training up our child children in the way that you go why are we having the one of the largest breakaways and leaving exoduses of the church we've ever seen in the Western church. And really in my mind, when I, when I sit down and I I try and comprehend it, it breaks down simply to this is because, um, you know, what you said with Dr. Tony Evans, like we have trained our kids to make the team. Mm -hmm. We've just trained them to get to the point of cross and salvation. Mm -hmm. And we told them that God loves them and Jesus loves them but we've never equipped them to actually go into the world and make a difference for the kingdom and follow Jesus as Lord. So they may acknowledge Jesus as Lord, but they're not following him as Lord. Sure. And scripture is clear. Go therefore and make disciples. Yeah. They're, they're satisfied with their participation trophy. Yes. They're satisfied with, Oh, I got a Jersey and then they wear their Jersey proudly, but they're, that's it. Yeah. It's not well, getting dirty. We, the jersey's not getting dirty. It's we come clean. we come to the point of salvation and then we're like, okay, all I gotta do is go to church once a week to do my duties mm-hmm. and I'm good. But that's never that's that that's not what God calls us to do. God did call us to corporate worship. God did call us to join a body of believers. Yeah. But he also commanded us to go. And that's one thing that we want you and I talk about all the time of training our kids like we don't want them to just know Jesus and love Jesus. We want them to follow him and do what he has commanded us to do. And part of doing that is diving into scripture and making sure they have a great biblical foundation. Right. And that's the struggle in the in our culture today is you talk to a lot of people, they'll say, I love Jesus, but they don't have any idea what scripture says. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a biblical foundation of being able to say, this is scripture. This is the character of God. This is who he is. This is what he says he'll do. And... And what does scripture say about what we are supposed to do in light of all that information? Sure. Um, and so really our heart is driving our kids and, and pursuing our kids and training our kids to not just love God, but also love his word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's plenty of scriptures about God's word. And I feel like in our culture today, we've made God's word be a secondary issue. It's like, okay, you love Jesus. Great. Uh, if you want to dive in your Bible, go ahead and dive. But at least you know that Jesus died for you. 
But the truth of the matter is, I mean, Scripture is filled with it. I mean, Psalms 119.11 says, you know, thy word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Like, we're supposed to take this word and hide it into our hearts. We're supposed to know it beyond, like you say, Google. We're supposed to know it in our heart and our soul. Yeah. Know what it says. Um, Psalms 34.8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Back in uh, Jesus' time, the Jewish Jewish religious leaders, when, when the, all the boys would come to Judaism school, they would take the tablets and they would coat them in honey and have the kids lick these tablets of God's word as a reminder of like, taste and see the Lord's good. So they wow. would they would lick it <laughs> and then they would read it and then they would pour more honey on it and they'd let them lick it. It was like a treat. Like, might be manipulation. I don't know. <laughs> but but that's what that's that's kind of what this is going off of. You know, Psalms one nineteen one oh five says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hebrews four twelve says the word is active and living and sharper than any two edged sword. John one three says nothing was created without the word. Yeah. Like we have to know the word. We have to know it in our heart. We have to love it. We have to taste and see that the Lord is good through his word. And so we want to train our kids to know what the word says. And I think that's one of the struggles we have in the church today is, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Like, I don't want my kids to know what they believe just because that I want them to know what they believe and I want them to know why they believe it. And I want them to be able to open God's word and say, here you go. And then I want them to be able to have God honoring biblical conversations with people to be able to, you know, push forward the kingdom of Christ. But that's not only that's not everyone's always going to agree with you. Even inside the body of Christ, there's, you know, there are things in which this scripture is, you know, there's some theological differences on secondary issues. Sure. Um, and so instead of getting defensive about what we believe, I want them to be confident in what they believe yeah. and be able to sit down with a brother and sister in Christ and say, okay, we don't agree on this. Let's open God's word and let's talk about it. And have a conversation. And have a conversation. Not a debate. Yeah. Have we don't a com- need to, to defend or debate the Bible. Like, that's not needed. And if you can't have a conversation with another sister or brother in Christ, like, how are you going to have conversations with people from other religions or people from other cultures? Like, Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I think that's another big thing in training up our kids is, you know, again, loving God, knowing God's word. But then how do we utilize God's word in a loving manner to the world around us? Yeah. Um, and you nailed it. So see, like if we can't have conversations with what I'll call disagreements, um, varying viewpoints on certain things inside the body of Christ, like let's take Baptist and Church of God versus Pentecostal versus Methodist. Sure. They, they all have differences. Mm-hmm. But I fully believe that there are redeemed people in every one of those categories. Absolutely. And so... Can a Methodist sit down with a Pentecostal or a Baptist sit down with, you know, a Presbyterian and not feel like they have to defend anything, but just sit down as brothers and sisters in Christ and say, let's open God's word and let's talk about this. Right. And at the end of the day, if you still disagree on the secondary issues, who cares? That's okay. We can, but at least it's created good conversation. And so, you know, primary growth, because you're, you're digging into the word and you're getting other perspectives. Like conversations are great because you might sit down and see one thing and someone else who is reading the same, just like this quote from Dr. Tony Evans. Like I read it and I'm literally taking it as 
going and playing on a sports team versus wanting to grow the kingdom. Whereas you're looking at it like on a whole nother level, deeper level. And, um, and that's great. So having conversations with other people, especially from other denominations should be encouraged because it's giving us different perspectives on what other people are seeing in the same Bible, the same book, the same, like God's same word. No, I think we do need to say that there are uh, things that we have to stand firm on and do not negotiate with. And that is, you know, who Jesus was, what he did for us. Absolutely. And that salvation only comes through his His name and his blood shed on the cross. 100%. Um, and though, like, we can't negotiate with that. So if right. you have someone that says they're a believer, but they're... But wanted, there's multiple paths to heaven They want to discount something. something like, like correct. that's not something... I mean, we could still discuss it, but it's not something we're going to bend on and say, well, that doesn't matter. Yes. Well, we're talking about secondary issues. Sure. Um, but, you know, you talking about being able to talk with people of other religions and other cultures, um, you know, that's something that I love more than anything. Um, and I know for a fact, like, one of the coolest interactions we've ever had, um, and he has turned out to be a very good friend. I won't drop his name here, but um, we met him through a crazy set of circumstances mm-hmm. and ended up having dinner with him. But He's a first-generation Muslim immigrant from mm-hmm. Egypt, yeah. and he came to our house, and we sat around a fire. Just and, on, like and, a fluke. Like yeah, <laughs> and had, had dinner with him and had conversations with him, and he has become a dear friend. Um, I mean, he sent, he, we sent him Christmas cards. Um, we know we don't agree theologically or religionally. Yeah. But this man has been one of the, the most tender, softest, loving, kindest dudes in my life. Yeah. Um, and my prayer is that he comes to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I don't do that by taking this word and just absolutely busting him over the head with it and being yeah. like, what you believe is wrong. Right. The way I do it is formulating a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing I love about it is my kids are seeing us interacting with someone of a different religion sure. and doing it in a loving manner yeah. where when this guy shows up, they're excited. Mm-hmm. They're like, Hey, he's here, you know, and, and they get excited and they'll give him a hug and say, glad that you're here. Um, but we want our kids to know that it's okay to have conversations with people of other beliefs. And, but in order to have those conversations, we want them to be so deeply rooted in, in the word of God that it is a confidence in the word of God, not, not a defense of the word of God. You know, Hebrews, man, I don't know where it is in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 somewhere, I believe it says that a kingdom cannot be shaken. The kingdom of Christ cannot be shaken. And so therefore, what this individual has to say about Jesus or God has no bearing on the kingdom of Christ. Sure. So we don't have to go up there ready to go toe-to-toe with somebody because the kingdom of Christ is set. Mm -hmm. It cannot be shaken. Revelation tells us, like, God's got it. The whole world's in his hands. And so... Our job is not to defend Christ. Our job is not to defend God. <laughs> they are they are infinite, big, big beings that don't need us to do anything. Yeah. But they utilize us, and our job is simply to go and tell others about Jesus, tell them what he has done in their life, and then allow the Holy Spirit to convict them or not. That, that's up to the Holy Spirit. Our job is just to go share the word, and it says to love other people. Yeah. And can we do that? And part of doing that is, and part of us training our kids to do that is to get into God's word. What does God's word say? Mm -hmm. And building a foundation in which you can firmly stand on it 
and then talk to other people that are not on that foundation with love and empathy yeah and 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 treat them as as brothers and sisters even if they're not mm-hmm. um and so you know really training up a child in the way that you go like when we talk about training our kids like train is an action word and so unfortunately in the western church the way we train our kids the model for training our kids in the western church is okay go to a church organizational building for a couple hours a week maybe it be sunday morning uh, Wednesday evening, maybe Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday. Well, however you slice it, it's less than five hours a week sure. of them getting biblical teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it, it's not conversational. Most of the time, it is just sitting there listening to someone tell you about it. Train, train is an action word. Yeah. Well, what we're doing in the church is not action. It is yeah. is sitting still. And so, in training, there is time to listen to instruction. But then, you know, I, I equivalated out to, you know, if Ridgely wanted to run a marathon, you know, yes, I could sit there and let her sit on the couch, watch YouTube videos on what marathon running is. I could hire a marathon runner to come talk to her about running marathons and she'll get great information. She'll get knowledge, mm-hmm. but that knowledge is useless unless she applies it in a in an actual marathon itself and to do that marathon and to run it well she would have to start training by lacing up the shoes and and running herself and it would be our job as her parents to be beside her saying hey you got this hey you know you're kind of you're kind of off kilter here or your step pace is off i don't know anything about running so i don't (laughs) know what i'm saying but you know i mean like you should have used a baseball now i know but it you know we need to encourage her to get everything she can out of her daily lessons. And that means getting out there on the road and running herself. Yeah. Are we doing that in the spiritual realms of not only are we training them to love God and to have a knowledge of God in his scripture, but are we training them to figure out how to utilize this scripture to actually go make a huge difference for the kingdom of Christ? Or are they just sitting around being useless because we've brought them to the point of the cross and then we just leave them there? Mm-hmm. And say, okay, you're saved, good deal, my job's done, let's move on. You know, we need to understand is our kids not only need to know Jesus loves them, but one of the greatest ways that we can show them that Jesus loves them is how Jesus has interacted in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have to see our lives present before them. And, you know, you just posted this on our social media platforms, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that, but it comes from the devotional we wrote um, and it says this, as parents, we'll get a much better results if we humble ourselves and walk with our kids rather than barking orders from the sidelines. Yeah. No one likes an armchair quarterback. Get involved in your child's life and allow them the privilege to get to know you and how God has worked in your life, which means showing them your struggles and your flaws and everything else. And it goes on to say, we should allow our kids to know that God cares for them by telling them how much he has cared for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, one thing we do with that is we challenge these parents to write out their own personal testimony mm-hmm. and tell their kids, like, this is what God did for me. Yeah. Um, this is my story. This is my story. Um, and maybe you do that two or three times over the course of your kid's life because guess what? Your story is still being written. Oh, absolutely. And so you could talk to them about it when they're five. You could talk to them when they're 10, when they're 15. And then when they go up to college, like, this is what God is continuing to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and and encouraging them to do the same. Yes. Like, what is your story? Yes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, when it gets down to it, um, raising kids is tough and it is a, it's a humbling experience and we're not perfect by any means. Um, nobody's perfect. And so just trying to figure out exactly the balance, as you say, of how to do this. And we're going to fall more times than we're not. But if we can train up our kids to not only love, love God, but love his word Mm -hmm. and not just love his word to be used as a battering ram, but to love his word in order to go outside and engage people for the gospel of Christ and, and, and potentially introduce them to the life changing truth of the gospel. Um, you know, it, it says in scripture that for some things that we set, you know, the, the message that the gospel delivers for some will be like sweet, a sweet sound. And for others, it will be like a bitter taste. And it's not our job to try and take those that think it's a bitter taste and change their mind. You know, it's not our job to wrestle with them and, and to try and get them to change their mind of what the gospel tastes like. It is our job just to present it. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict. And so can we stand on the truth of God with with conviction and confidence that when someone says that's a load of heap of crap, we can just say, hey, well, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. But I'm just telling you what Scripture says. And, you know, one thing uh, also coming from the 30-day devotional we wrote, The Hands of a Warrior. Which if you haven't gotten yours yet, it's available on Amazon and on our website, mm, com. Shameless plug. I like Every it. Every time. Every time. <laughs> so, you know, from chapter chapter 12, day 12, um, it's the, the warrior's weapon. And we talk about scripture and how it can be used as a weapon, um, but not as a weapon of destruction, a weapon of, you know, fighting off uh, the advances of the devil Mm -hmm. we're not here to swing this weapon at culture we're not here to swing this weapon at people we're here to use this weapon to defend people from from satan's attacks but the problem we have is um you know i I, you go down to about the end of page one and i says we raise our kids telling them that jesus loves them and died for them but we never actually train them in the word of god and its power They grow up to be biblically illiterate adults who are crushed under the weight of the world because we've neglected to give them a foundation rooted in the promises of God. So they begin to doubt if Jesus really does love them. If we give our children the sword, but never teach them to use it, we send them into the front lines of this war destined for failure, and they will be slaughtered by the darkness. And so are we training, like when our kids come to salvation, like what's the number one gift? We give them a Bible. But if we don't teach them how to get into God's word and, and dive into it and utilize it and, and swing it as the double-edged sword that it is, what are we actually doing for them? We're not doing anything. And, you know, what I find interesting is, you know, we're talking about Jesus and how he was perfect and how, um, you know, he, he was God with flesh on, which is amazing to me. But the truth of the matter is, it says that he was our great high priest and he he came to earth and you know, had to live a life just as we did. And so you dive into scripture and in Matthew chapter four, you, you, you read about, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and the devil tempted him. Well, every attack that the devil came at him with, you know, saying, Hey, you know, come up to this high place and bow down, throw yourself down, you know, you know, turn this rock into, into bread, everything that the devil tried to approach him with, what did Jesus give back in response? It was scripture. That was how he defeated the devil's temptations and defeated the devil's attack was scripture and so 
you know, God provided, provides us with everything we need to claim victory in this war, in this spiritual war. But are we training our kids to not only love God, love the word, but are we training them on how to utilize the word to go make a difference for the kingdom? And unfortunately, too many, too many kids and too many adults in the church in America today are sitting back and have no clue what is in this word because they've never dived in for themselves. Sure. So. Boom. Boom. We done? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing else? No. You went, nope. I nope. Went, too, went too long? No. I just, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. That. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hopefully I didn't go on too much of a rant. I'm very passionate about this. So, But uh, guys, uh, listen, we hope you enjoyed this, um, you know, and know that the dozers are not perfect in this by any means, and we are still learning. Um but we are doing everything we can to train our kids, uh, not just in the truth that God loves them, but to train them and to follow God, not just as, and follow Jesus, not just as um, someone who died on the cross for them, but someone who is their savior and their king. Um, and so go forward. Uh, if you have questions, comments, let us know. Share this with a friend, family please. member, yeah. please. Sure. Uh, go get on Amazon or on our website at nimrodoutdoors.com. Buy yourself a devotional. Um, you know, we, our heart is that all this is used for the glory of God and all this is used to bring honor to his name. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, we hope that we are doing that. And so if you would like to leave us a comment, we'd love to hear it. Um, maybe tell us, uh, ways that you are raising your kids. Maybe we can learn something from you because, uh, we're new to this. We're only seven years in. <laughs> There's plenty of people out there that we, are way. We have a journal that we are keeping notes for how to, you know, get through the teenagers. Yes. Yes. So, so if you start, want to get, start prepping us on that, yeah, if you want to start giving us advice on how to get through the teenage years, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> we would love all the advice we could get. Um, so, but guys, uh, stay humble, stay focused and keep pressing on. Thank you for joining us today. See you later. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, find us on Facebook or look us up at nimrodoutdoors.com. We hope you have a great day, and we hope to see you next time.